0: Good morning, Federal Employees. Welcome back to another great episode. It is great to have you today. And today is going to be a phenomenal topic and one that I think is important to talk about. And that is, in the TSP, we know that funds are not created equal. Okay? The funds are different. They are designed differently. They are made up differently. They are going to perform differently. And depending on those characteristics, that will shape how you want to invest okay so without further ado today's topic is about the worst fund <clears throat> at least for now in the tsp and many of you have been here a while you've watched my youtube videos you've listened to my podcast and you know that I get very sensitive when people invest 100% in the G-Fund, okay? But let me tell you, today is not about the G-Fund, okay? Let me tell you why. When you invest in the G-Fund, you go in pretty much knowing that it's not going to do very much, right? You know it's going to grow 1% to 2% a year, maybe keep up with inflation, maybe not, right? You expect that. That's just kind of what you have to expect when you invest in the G fund. And when you invest in let's say the C fund, you know, you say hey, this is going to grow a lot faster than the G fund over time, but it can also lose value, right? So there's risk, but there's also return. With the G fund, there's no risk. There's no risk at all, right? It's not going to you're not going to lose money. So you're not going to earn very much either, right? And so it's kind of built in and and most people understand that pretty easily that the more risk you take, the more potential return you're going to take as well. So that is a a huge idea or principle in investing that you have to understand is that, generally speaking, you want to maximize how much return, how much growth you get for every unit, whatever unit you want to use, of risk, right? Because if you take a ton of risk and the potential return is only 2% a year, well, Who's going to do that? There's no one that's going to do that. For example, if I said, hey, you know, the G fund, instead of it being guaranteed where you don't lose any money, instead of that, let's say there's a huge amount of risk, but you're still going to only earn 2% a year. Well, no one's going to go for that, right? Now, I'm kind of building the backdrop here of what we're going to talk about today, and that is the iFund, okay? The iFund, and that is the fund I'm referring to when it comes to so far, or the last 10 years... The I fund has performed the worst out of all the different funds. And not just because it didn't grow as fast as, let's say, the C fund and the S fund. Because it did, in fact, grow faster than the G fund and the F fund, right? So why do I say it's the worst? Well, if you go and look at the article I wrote about this topic, you could there's a link in the description below. But there, you could go check it out, no problem. I have a chart there that shows over the last 10 years how much has each fund grown and the, what we call standard deviation, right? So in the investment world, in the finance world, the standard deviation is a a very common number that we use for risk because it basically shows, hey, you know, this will grow over time at certain amounts, but what we care about is, hey, how much, what range is it going to bounce around? And the bigger the range that an investment's gonna bounce around, up or down, then the the more volatility usually comes along with it. For example, the C fund has a much higher standard deviation than the G fund, because the G fund's not gonna lose value, it's not gonna bounce around, right? But the C fund will, and so the standard deviation of the C fund is much, much higher, right? And so when we're looking at, hey, I wanna get the most return out of the amount of risk that I'm taking on some good metrics is, okay, how fast is this fund growing and how much risk or how high is the standard deviation for this fund, right? That's a great way to look at it. And it's kind of getting technical into the investment jargon and things, but I think it's helpful. I think it's valuable for you, my listener. So if you look at that chart, Of course, for the G Fund, the volatility, the standard deviation is almost zero, right? And the growth is about 2% over the last 10 years, right? But if you start going up that chart, you realize that the I Fund has a standard deviation or a risk number very, very similar to the C Fund and the S Fund, okay? So it has the volatility or the risk of something that's very similar to the C Fund or the S Fund, but over the last 10 years, did the i fund grow as much as the cns fund no it didn't it didn't right the cns fund i don't have the numbers in front of me but over the last 10 years the cns fund the c and s funds both grew about 12 14% right in there right I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me but that, that's kind of what we're looking at the iFund, on the other hand only grew about 6% per year the last 10 years right but the risk was just almost as high as the risk for the C fund and the S fund. So, what does that mean? Well, that means over the last 10 years it underperformed, right? It didn't do as well as some of its counterparts, like the C fund, the S fund, right? Because the I fund is a stock-based fund, right? So some of its counterparts are the C fund and the S fund. The F fund and the G fund are both based on bonds. So, when it comes to comparing investment, that's a great way to do it. So, now that we've kind of concluded that, hey, the iPhone has simply not done as well as other things over the last 10 years. What does that mean, right? Does that mean, hey, we should sell all the iPhone that we have so far? We shouldn't invest in, in it at all? Is that what we're trying to say here? Well, maybe. I mean, it depends. It depends on a lot of things. But there's certainly reasons to keep it. And let me talk through at least one. And one major reason to keep the iFund and still invest in it despite it not doing as well over the last 10 years is diversification, right? Because over the last 10 years, the US stock market, the United States stock market has done incredibly well, very, very well, right? And we don't know, however, what the next 10 years is gonna look like, right? That's what we don't know. We only know what has happened. But we can't look in the, fo- in the future and know what's going to happen. When it comes to investing, diversification is a huge, hugely important principle, right? Because basically, you don't want all your eggs in one basket, right? And so what the I fund does is say, hey, you know, maybe a, a, a bunch of your money is in the C Fund and the S Fund, which are US-based, stock-based funds, right? Say, hey, let's, let's diversify a little bit. Let's, let's get a little bit of our money into international companies, right? Into companies that aren't as tied to the U.S. economy, right? The U.S. is such a huge economy that most of the world is somehow tied to the U.S. economy, but when you invest in international companies, then they're going to be less tied, generally speaking, to the US economy, right? So the iPhone is a great way to diversify, get your money in other buckets. So who knows which countries are gonna do well over the next 10 years? Who knows what companies are gonna do well over the next 10 years, right? The most important thing is to have a strategy that regardless of what happens here in the United States or somewhere else, that you are comfortable with the risk you're taking on, right? That you are comfortable when the market's up, when the market's down, that you are comfortable with your investment plan. And diversifying, even amongst all five of the TSP funds, in some way, depending on where you are at in your career, is a great way to diversify your money so that when some things are doing badly, other things are generally gonna do a little better, right? To have a good mixture of things that makes sense for your situation is huge, It's huge. So I don't wanna talk all bad about the iPhone because who knows? Who knows what it's gonna do? And we need diversification, okay? Whether it is the iFund or invest in an IRA in some other international stocks, there's lots of ways to get diversification. But I think that is one of the core messages I want to give across is, hey, even if the iFund isn't doing as perfectly well as the other funds in the short term, at least 10 years, we don't know what the next 10 years is is gonna bring, right? And so we have to be willing to say, hey, I want some diversification, doesn't mean to go 100% iFund, right, it doesn't mean to go 100% anything, it's just a matter of finding a, a happy medium that you're comfortable with to make sure that you're going to be set up, diversified, have your money in lots of different buckets to make sure you're going to be okay now in your career, and then as you retire, make sure that money is going to last all through retirement, right, that is the goal, and I can't tell you exactly how much of the iFund to invest in or how much not to invest in, right, I'm not your financial advisor. I am a financial advisor, but I'm not your financial advisor. I don't know your situation. So that's something, of course, that you will have to think through to see what makes the most sense for you. But that is my thought for today. I hope that was helpful. Have an incredible rest of your day. And again, if you want more on this topic, check out the blog post I made. You can find the link in the description below. And I will see you next time.